need connection, accountability, support as you explore the next level version of you, give yourself a real gift this year, the gift of time. The Warrior Women Mastermind is starting again in January, a curated group of six amazing women in a safe, collaborative setting. Think you don't have enough time? The money? Wrong. Ask yourself if you're worth three hours a month and $25 a day. The biggest discovery some of the women who sign up for my mastermind figure out is they have so much in common with other women and that they have traded their worth for a to-do list. Set up your interview call with me by going to lizswadek.com. That's L-I-Z-S-V-A-T-E-K.com. Space is limited and will sell out fast. Don't miss this opportunity to put yourself first. Women aren't born warriors. We become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week, I'm interviewing women who, through tragedy and triumph, are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Are you feeling stuck, blocked, unable to get things done that you want to do? Well, most likely, it's your subconscious mind holding you back. We all have stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. But are they true? My guest today helps people heal their traumas, big and small, and has had incredible success in unlocking people's ability to go for their dreams. She uses rapid transformational therapy. Rapid transformational therapy, or RTT, is the award-winning therapy that combines the most beneficial hypnotherapy, psychotherapy, NLP, which is natural language processing, CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, neuroscience, and more. RTT has proven to be one of the most effective therapies available for achieving fast and permanent results, and it's something I'm currently being certified in. Another tool in my toolbox to help up-level women just like you. This podcast is a juicy conversation about why we think the way we do about who we are, our worthiness, and our value. Make sure you DM me on Warrior Women Pod on Instagram and tell me what you think. I want to give a heartfelt thank you to all the people who have left us five-star written reviews. I read every single one. It means the world to me to hear from you, to hear what's resonating, and how you're taking these conversations and making changes in your own life. Your reviews are bringing more listeners to us and helping us stay high in the ratings. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, Warrior Woman. I'm grateful every time you listen to this show and I feel the love and I'm sending it right back to you. I always say I have the best job in the world. I get to help women unlock their limitless potential so they can have it all. If your mind is saying you can't have it all, that's fear running the show. I'm here to tell you the only thing between you and holistic success is you. The doors to Limitless Warrior are officially 
open. Join Limitless Warrior. It's time to dig deep and shine bright. It's time to permanently break up with fear. If you want all the holistic success you've been dreaming of, join us. It's a 12-week program, once a week, on a Zoom for 90 minutes. Get off that hamster wheel and be the limitless woman you know you are inside. The link to save your spot is limitless-warrior.com. Join us. On the show today, Gabby Abrams. Gabby Abrams is a lawyer turned business coach and rapid transformational therapist, quite literally a real life reverse legally blonde. She truly believes that each entrepreneur can have the success and impact they desire and that they can do it their own way. After serving hundreds of clients, Gabby has been able to sell out multiple programs and launches and has helped many of her clients do the same and reach multi five and six figure months. She is an expert on the subconscious mind and helps her clients uncover exactly what is stopping their limitless success. I am ready for this, Gabby. It's happening. Welcome, Gabby. What an intro. What an intro. I love it. I know. I often have people say, can you just follow me around and say that? (laughs) I love your announcer voice, though. That's what makes it. Right, But I'm just going to follow you around. And every time you walk in a room, I'm just going to read that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, I'm going to say, am I going to see you next week? Yes. I'm going to see you. So, so, so you just, you can practice. Oh, I will do it. I will do it. I will have a little card and I will, before you walk in the room, I will prep everyone. I'd be like, okay, everyone, Gabby is here. Oh my gosh, Gabby. I'm so excited. We met each other at a little fun conference called Worthy Human, which is now called Powerhouse with our mutual friend and mentor, Tracy Litt. But I don't know you like, I know you a little bit, but I don't know you. So I'm going to go all the way back, Gabby. We're going to go back, back. Tell me about your life growing up. What did you think you'd become? Because I'm not sure it's this, but maybe. It is absolutely not this. Uh, That is hilarious. Yeah, I think if when I had been little, you had told me that I would grow up and become a hypnotherapist business coach, I would have believed you. But I would have been like, how does that happen? I grew up Cuban American in Miami. And I really, really wanted to be a country singer so bad. And it was like, probably, I mean, so hilarious, like probably the furthest thing that I could have ever become because, (laughs) you know, I was like in Miami, Cuban, like this was not happening. It was not the world that it is today either. Like country music, there was no pop crossover back then. It was like straight up like line dancing, but that's what I really wanted to be. And I was like, so practical as a child. It's so hilarious. Like I tell people, I'm like, this like limitlessness is new because as a child, I was like, realistically, I won't be a country singer. I'll probably be a waitress. Let me, yeah, I was like, let me, I'm going to grow up and be a weight. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but like all the kids that were like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a lawyer. I was like, how do you guys know? I never knew. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Right. And well, I love that you say you came to limitless more recently because that limitlessness more recently, because that encourages all of us who are maybe feeling not so limitless to that. Maybe we can come into our own Gabby. So hooray for that. Okay. So you are a lawyer turned business coach, the reverse legally blonde. How the heck did that happen? Oh, it's been a journey. So 2015, I had my son Levi, I was working in New York City, and I had a law job. And when I had Levi, I ended up actually 
not going back to work and starting my own business. And entrepreneurship is never something that I had considered. Once I had a kid and I knew that I wanted to be home and I needed that flexibility, things kind of shifted. So I started a design business from my house. And when I did that, I was like, wow, entrepreneurship comes with a craft ton of mental blocks. Like suddenly I realized like, oh my God, like I have my money mindset is awful. I have so much imposter syndrome and it had never bothered me before because I had a job and I still got a paycheck regardless of it. But like once all of that was like in the way of me actually getting paid to do the things that I was doing, I was like, right, I got to fix all of this. And so I actually ended up finding uh, rapid transformational therapy for myself as an entrepreneur and having a session done. And I loved it. And then I was like, this is what I want to do. I got certified in RTT and transitioned into business coaching. I was like, I think every single woman needs this. Every single female entrepreneur. Yeah. And you know what? You bring up a good point because when you're an entrepreneur, it's such a different, you know, you're constantly putting yourself out there and you feel like you're putting yourself out there, even though we're really not putting ourselves out there. Like we're doing our business. It's the business out there, but it feels like we're putting ourselves out there and it feels scary because you like, if someone says like, Oh no, thanks Gabby. I don't want your design help. You're like, you mean you don't like me? What are oh, you saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. And it gets so much worse. It's so funny. I feel like there's like a tear, right? Like the products, when I was doing products, I was like, Oh, this is so terrifying. And then when I went from products to coaching, this is much scarier because <laughs> at least with products, you're kind of hiding behind something. You know, you're like, oh, here's my product. There's like a tangible, but with coaching and, and with consulting and all of these things, it's you really just you, you're like, I'm charging for me and my advice and my expertise. And, and it is just next level, next level blocks. It, it is next level. So you call yourself a mindset surgeon, which I freaking love that term. Cause I think it's so true because don't you feel like there are things in our brains, Gabby, holy crap. Our minds can really play tricks on us. And you and I both, you know, are certified coaches and mind magic and all the other things. And I think, you know, the more I work with my clients, the more I'm like, oh no, but where did that come from, honey? Like that thing you think about yourself, like let's, you've internalized that, but let's think about whose voice that is. That's not your voice. That's not coming from you. That's not who you are. So tell me about being a mindset surgeon. Yeah. So it's so hilarious that you bring that up. My husband is a lawyer and he's like, Gabby, you need to stop saying that. You can't say that, that you're a surgeon. <laughs> like, no. He's like for liability. I'm like, no, nobody actually thinks that. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I can keep cutting. using it. Okay. We're not cutting. There's no surgery. But you know, yeah. And even beyond that, what I've noticed with my clients is that, especially for like subconscious sessions, is that it's like really isolating what thought it is that needs to shift in order for everything else to like kind of come tumbling down. And it really is like those thoughts, you know, what wires together. Is that the expression? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's exactly the same. It's like just getting stuff to fire differently and wire differently, but it literally feels like sometimes like you're actually going in there and like snipping that thought and rewiring it into another thought so that, that, you know, the, the whole circuit changes suddenly. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that is neuroplasticity, right? Like we, when we talk about neuroplasticity, you can, I mean, back in the day, they thought like mindsets were fixed. Like you just thought what you thought and just like, that's it. And there's no growth mindset. Now they realize that you can rewire your brain and that that is the way people become successful is that you rewire your brain, right? That you do cut those ties and rewire. And they're even now saying that you can do that with your genes. 
Yes. Which to me is so fucking exciting. Like I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, I you know. Take your disease cells and rewire rewire them. Have you heard that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, you know, my background is I, I I was a science major in college. I have a bachelor in science, so I'm like so into. I, I did biology and chemistry, and I'm so into quantum science. And biology of belief is an amazing starting point. That book, it's fascinating. I read it a little while ago and yeah, like this idea that, you know, it's really all about our environment, the way that our genes are expressed, that our genes actually don't dictate as much as we thought that they did, but that nature isn't actually that important, uh, which is like mind boggling. Mind boggling. Yeah. So it is the environment. Yeah, that it's really like the thoughts that you're thinking, the beliefs that you have, the environment that you're in that causes your genes to express themselves differently. I mean, that is simultaneously exciting and terrifying. <laughs> you know, just thinking about them. But yeah. Is, oh. but you know what? It does give you hope that if you are in a situation where you really feel like you've gone, you know, you're feeling like you're genetically, you know, screwed, that you can change it. So that's actually amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And it really makes us like question, you know, the effects of start really, really thinking about the effects of stress, the effects of toxicity in your environment, right? Whether it's toxic energy, toxic people, all of those things really affect our potential so much more than we've even been, have even realized. Absolutely. Okay. So tell me, let's really get into, and this is so funny, Gabby, since I met you, I'm actually going through the rapid transformational therapy. I'm I'm certifying to become one. So no this way. Is so yes. I so I oh my I gosh, so good. That, you know, so good. That you did it, and then I talked to our friend Gina Sampson, and I talked to our friend Madeline, and they all said yes. I think it's really worth it, and it has been so fascinating to study this. Like on top of being a certified coach, like it's such a deep dive into the subconscious and the way the brain works. And I, I like love it so much, but let's talk about what is rapid transformational therapy. Cause I had never heard of it, by the way, I want to talk about exactly what is rapid transformational therapy and how do you use it to build limitless success for your clients? Yeah. So it's the Marissa Peer method. She pioneered this super therapy. That's a combination of NLP, hypnotherapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, and some elements of traditional talk therapy too. And what it is, it it gets your results in as little as one to three sessions, which is really, really incredible. So whereas regular talk therapy can take months or years, RTT is really designed to kind of close that loop in one session and access your subconscious mind, really figure out what are your subconscious beliefs that are holding you back and rewire them full circle. I mean, it's so, so, so exciting. So tell me, how do you use it like with your clients? Like I know we're going to talk about later how we can work with you, but tell me, how do you like, like, I don't even know how, how to explain it, but like, like if someone comes to you and is like, okay, Gabby, like I can't make any money with my programs, you know, like what do you help them through or how do you help them? So we'll do a session to kind of figure out what is the belief that is holding you back? What's a subconscious belief that's holding you back? And so what we do is we regress to the three to three incidents, usually from your childhood, because your whole subconscious mind is formed by the time that you're seven or eight, which is lovely, right? There's like a tiny six-year-old behind the wheel of your life. And we figure out, you know, what were the three incidents that really created this belief that you can't make money or that it's not safe to make money or whatever it is that, that it looks like? And then we piece it together and we figure out, okay, how are those beliefs playing out in your current life? And the funny thing is 
that those beliefs, what we're really talking about is trauma. So there's like big T trauma, divorce, death, all of the big things. And then there's little T trauma, which is like anything that makes you feel less than, anything that makes you question your worth. And we have so many little T trauma moments in our childhood, you know, failed tests, the time that we had our mom a painting and she doesn't look at us, she doesn't acknowledge it, you know, people go back to that one all the time. And so many of these, you know, really tiny beliefs that you would never, ever think of outside of an RTT session. And those are the beliefs that are really keeping you stuck at the end of the day that have really created this idea of who you are and how much people value you and how worthy your dreams are and how safe you are to pursue them and all of these things. So it's really, really interesting to then upgrade that programming system to be an adult programming system, you know? And I tell people it's fascinating once you start, you know, thinking about the subconscious mind, how much the world has changed in the last, you know, so I'm in my mid thirties, right? So how much the world has changed in the last 30 years, you know, from when my subconscious was being formed, there was no internet. First of all, let's start there that there was no internet. So, so people come, I don't know why I just can't post on social media because it didn't exist for most of your life. First of all, right? Like yes. let's stop beating ourselves up for these things, you know, and it's really about upgrading that belief system. Oh, I feel unsafe being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Because for a long time it was, but now it's not anymore. Now there's the internet and now you have a steady stream of clients and it's really, really a different world. Yeah. You know, what's funny. I, cause I think I've talked to you about this a little bit, but I do these mastermind groups. And one thing I've really learned is that when you tell your story of your whole life, but when you're an adult, right, you get the chance to rewrite it. And that's what you're saying. You get the chance to rewrite that story. And I think that's why it's so important that we go into these stories and we question them and we say, wait a minute, you know, hold on, wait, my dad told me that I wasn't going to amount to anything. Like he said that because he was stuck in a job he hated and all these other things. He's a human and he didn't really mean that. Like, that's not for me to carry around. That's his shit, not my shit. And he dripped his shit on me and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to carry that anymore. But if you don't, you know, do something like this, delve into it, then you're just unconsciously going, I really am not good at business. And you don't even know why you're saying that. You don't even know what's making that belief a reality in your mind until you take the time, right? To start delving into this. Exactly. Exactly. And it really is, you know, as you were saying, it's really about, you know, we get so married to our truth and to our story and we're like, well, this is the absolute truth, you know? And it's like, it's not, it's not, it's our perception of the truth. That's it. That's all that it is, is our perception of what was told to us. Sometimes not even what was actually told to us. Cause have you ever played like a game of telephone with a five-year-old? It exactly. is like unpredictable think, at best. <laughs> what we think we, we remember it from a very yes. subjective point of view. Yes. Very subjective. Right. And the meanings that we attach to them are insanely subjective. And, and, and so often, you know, it's really about understanding and, and there's so much adult nuance that we don't pick up on as kids. And there's so much adult nuance that we do pick up as kids. Yes. And create our own interpretations based on, you know, what the what we perceive that the adults are doing and that they're not talking to us about because they think that we're kids and we don't need to know about it and blah, blah, blah. And then in the meantime, we're creating our own crazy stories behind the scenes. Absolutely. I love that you brought up the big T trauma and the little T trauma. Mm-hmm. 
because I did this podcast, Resilience is Bullshit. I think I told you about this. And listen, I'm not bagging on resilience. Like I, I'm not <laughs> saying you can't keep your, your R word, keep it if you want it. Mm-hmm. But I do think women use it as a bypass to their healing and to feeling. And when you mm-hmm. say big T trauma and little T trauma, it, it really is important to note that just because you haven't been molested or your dad wasn't killed by a drunk driver or you're, you know, whatever, those little moments, like it can be something seemingly insignificant. It could be the teacher told you, you know, that you're like, you're saying your art wasn't good enough. Like they didn't even, yeah. you know, she's like, you really didn't understand this assignment. Yeah. That stuff. I don't know why, but it does. It stays with us sometimes. And it's yeah. important to say, you know what, this is little T trauma. I need to let myself heal over that. And it's okay to have that. And I think, you know, a lot of women want to just like knuckle, white knuckle, you know, they just want to white Mm -hmm. knuckle through life. Like, oh, it's fine. Like, I I swear to God, every time a woman tells me, like, I'll be coaching her and I'll say, well, what's going on? Oh, and I broke my foot and my son, you know, almost got arrested for drunk driving, but it's fine. But it's fine. I I mean, it's fine. Like, I mean, it's not fine. You know, yeah. and so it's even more not fine when it's something, Gabby, that we've had inter- and we've internalized and dragged with us like a dead fucking body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Dragged into our marriage, dragged into our business. Literally, the weight of that is insane. So to me, like we have to encourage yeah. women, first of all, spend money on yourself because this stuff you have to mm-hmm. pay for. Gabby is not free and neither am I. Invest in yourself. Yes. We are not invest in yourself. You have to pay money so that you can actually heal yourself and know that you are worth it. That even if it's a little T trauma, it is worth going into and figuring out. Right. Yes. And I find that the little T traumas there for the same reason that you're saying they're the most damaging because we don't talk about them because there's no communication. And I found that when there's no communication, we're left to make our own interpretations of things. And that's why it's so dangerous when you say, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Because what's happening is that you're actually ruminating. You're actually attaching a bunch of stuff to these events that happened. And then you wake up 20 years later and you've got these crazy, crazy beliefs are objectively untrue, but they're based on your interpretations. And so I noticed, it's actually one of the things that I noticed when I would do sessions, like nobody came in, people would say, oh, this, this thing was really traumatic or that thing was, you know, this thing happened to me, that big thing happened to me. It's probably going to come up in my session. If it did, it was like a tangent, but those things really very, very rarely came through. And it's because people had processed them because people had talked about them. You know, usually if your parents have people whose parents get divorced and don't talk to them about it, but I think that that's the minority, right? In general, when there are big changes like that, big life events, your parents tend to talk to you about it way more than they do about you know, your failed test or whatever other kind of thing, you know? Yes. And I think that it's that lack of communication that really causes that imprinting. Yeah. And do you have people, this is just popped into my mind, so I'm going to ask you, of course. Um, Do you have people who have to revisit the same moment many times? Like I have a little moment in my childhood that like, for some reason it comes up like multiple times. And I don't want to mm-hmm. say what it is here because I don't want to upset my parents. And it's nothing that they that was done to me or anything like that. It's just something that like a moment between them that I witnessed that it really, yeah. I did not like, but it keeps like coming into my mind. Do you have mm-hmm. that with people where they kind of have a recurring, even if it's a little T, little small thing, recurring thing, or is it kind of like, 
oh no, we went through it once and it's kind of, now we're moving on to another thing. It really depends. And I have had situations like that where the person has the same memories come up. My thing is that there's like different meanings attached to the same memory. Like the same set of events has a lot of different beliefs attached to it. So let's say like, you know, I, I don't know what happened to your parents. Like, let's say that you witnessed your parents arguing, right? Part one of the beliefs that you might form is that like one of them is powerless and the other one is powerful. Another belief that you might form is that they were arguing about money and money always makes people argue. Another belief is that, you know, who knows, right? That people that you love betray you or whatever, right? Um, whatever beliefs you might have attached to witnessing one argument between your parents. So it's like less about the objective memory and more about like all the different kind of like tentacles of attachment, you know, belief attachment that we have. So the meaning that we put with it, because you're right, a moment can have many, many meanings. And it, the yeah. more you look at it, you can be like, oh, I, I also made that mean whatever this is. Yeah. So what are some of the common blocks that you uncover? Because you have, a, I mean, you have got, you work with a lot of different people, a lot of entrepreneurial women, a lot of women that you are able to just unleash their freaking success. I, I, it's amazing. I've talked to a lot of women. I did a little research on you, Gabby. And I've talked to a lot of women who have worked with you and they really, really sing your praises. So tell me, what are some of the common things that, that people come to you with that you feel like are blocking them? Oh, I love that. So one of the big ones is imposter syndrome, you know, and I think that it's, and when we talk about imposter syndrome, you know, Tracy, who's our mentor, she, this is like her hill that she will die on, that imposter syndrome is not real. And I agree with her, right? I think that it is a name that we've made up to like feel better about a general lack of confidence that we feel, but whatever it is that we call it, right? That lack of confidence in what it is that we do and who we are, that feeling like as good as we are objectively, that, you know, we still struggle with our worthiness innately. Money, mindset is a huge thing that people come to me with. The research that I've done via RTT sessions on money mindset, like I have like a flow chart and people come to me and they tell me like how much they're earning. And I'm like, oh, this is your subconscious block right here. <laughs> like this is what's going on. Are you fighting that. with your, like, I'm like, are you fighting with your husband? Are you? And they're like, yes. How do you know? And I'm like, well, <laughs> let me tell you. I'll show you why. Mind to work. And visibility is the other big one that people come to me for. Ooh, tell struggling me about with that. putting themselves out there and being seen. So there are basically like three core fears and almost every single session will like get down to these. Like this is like the, the big three subconscious fears, which is I don't belong, I'm not safe, and I'm not enough. So those are, are the big three. And, and if you think about it, for me, visibility is like that first safety. There's a lot of safety in there putting yourself out there, making yourself vulnerable as a target. And then there's also a lot of belonging that comes up. You know, if I put myself out there, am I going to be a weirdo? Like these things about me, do they come together as well? Like they don't come together well, you know, like I like this and I like this. What does that make me? We're so taught that, you know, we have to like fit into some kind of box and be, you know, this or that. We've had experiences where we were in corporate or professionals or something, and we did fit ourselves into that box. And it was so nice to feel that until it's not, and you've got to unleash it, you know? Yeah. And you know, it's funny when you say that, I think of Glennon Doyle, because I think there's a lot of people who, you know, for a long time, there's these unwritten rules that we're following. Like you can be a blogger, but you can't like tell the real stuff. You can't yeah. tell you're like bulimic or like that you're, you know, you're finding out you're pregnant when you're drink, you're an alcoholic or whatever. Yeah. And then, then here comes Glenna Doyle and she's like, yeah. 
oh yeah, I was pregnant. I had the, the stick in my hand and I was crying hysterically because I was bulimic and an alcoholic. And I was like, why am I pregnant right now? Who would want to be, who, what child would want to be coming to me right now? And then I realized yeah. that's my invitation, mm-hmm. right? That's my invitation. So like it, it is all kind of limited and in a box until one person books busts out of the box yes. and then you're like, oh, wait a minute, I want to do that. <laughs> and the, the, the answer is you can. Yes. And that's what I love is that we're really seeing this like, like upswing in like these activators and these like, and what we're seeing is like a massive remembrance as women is what it is, right? So many women are like, oh, we're changing. And it's like, we're not changing. We're returning to that wild feminine essence that was there many times in history that recently was shut down and smothered. But what we're seeing is that big remembrance. Yeah. And do you believe that we're in a great awakening? I mean, a lot of people have said that. I mean, we, there's the she, some people call it a she session and some people call it a whatever they call it. I like the idea of thinking of it as a great awakening. I think women are really realizing that the way things are done, they're so arbitrary. Like, why is there a nine to five work day? Because someone fucking thought of it and said, we're going to work nine to five, like a hundred thousand years ago. Like none of that makes sense in our modern world and what we have to deal with all the emotional labor of kids, the husband, a trip, the private school, the not private school, the public school. I got to be in the PTA and I got to fucking run my business like that. It does not. The, the, the way work has been set up for us and what we are thinking of jobs, it's, it's no longer, you know, a really a good fit for women. And so I think it's great that women are like, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. But I also think that corporations need to be like, okay, well, damn, we need to change because these women are not, they're not yeah. going to work in corporations anymore if this is how inflexible and how in a box they're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like even, even throwing some more shit onto that, right. Is this idea that like, there's that masculine contribution is going out and making money. And I think that what we're seeing now too, for the women in my generation, for the women that I work with is that there's like a real digging into that and being like, what do we want our relationships to look like? What does like that support actually look like? What support do we really need? Because the paycheck is not enough now, right? We're like, wait, we make money too now. So how are we dividing all of this? You know? And and I think that, you know, even women in the workplace need to shift and men in the workplace are shifting too. Absolutely. And you know what, you know, you brought up money and you brought up money mindset and women. And, you know, one thing I have learned from coaching women is women don't like to charge money, Gabby. They want to charge just a tiny little bit. And I want you to know that I definitely suffered from this in the beginning. Now I've like ripped the bandaid off and I don't care. I'm going to charge what I want to charge. But in the past, I, I, I felt that way. I've had so many women come to me. I'm just going to launch this free program. Or I'm just going to do all these free things, or I'm going to give them, I'm going to just literally before I even open my mouth, give them a discount. And I'm like, zip it, zip mm-hmm. it. So tell me, what do you think that is? Why do you think women are so reticent to charge what they're worth? Oh my gosh. Can I tell you one of my honest answers? Yes. Tell me. Okay. What do you mean? Are oh, we actually real right now? Come on. You know, I, I think so much of it too is like a prostitution wound, right? It's like this Madonna whore complex that it's like- Tell me. Good what do you girls. mean? Like, like, I think that there's this idea that like, let's equate it with like sex, right? That good girls, women, wives, it's like, you, it's free. 
right? We, we just give it because we're in a relationship. And it's like the second that the, that money crosses hands, there's like something dirty about money. And I think it comes down to that like primary core human, you know, and I, and I think another thing too, is that I, I've been realizing like, as my sessions get a little bit deeper is that we don't really realize like how recent women charging is. And, and also the fact that like women charging for goods and women charging for services that don't involve selling themselves in some way, shape or form, whether it's via marriage or whether it's, you know, prostituting themselves, or we really didn't have much currency for a very, very long time. I mean, this is a mind blower what you're saying, because what I was thinking when, before you answered, I was like, well, what would be my answer to this question? And part of it is this nice girl thing. Like it's not yeah. nice right? Yeah. It's not nice to charge money. Like I want to be nice. I want people to like me. And it yeah. is so, like, where, like exactly what you're saying. Where did that come from? And I do think there's something about, you know, our history of having to kind of buy P- Peter to pay Paul. You know what I mean? Like you had to kind of sh- be sneaky and shift things yeah. around and barter, you know, in order to get your voice heard and not upset everybody and all the things. And I think that is a carryover. And maybe that Madonna yeah. thing is, I mean, yeah. honestly, that is fascinating to think about. Yeah. Yeah. I started thinking about it recently and I was like, that's, a, I mean, it's an interesting, you know, it's, it's interesting. It so is right. So when you start thinking so, about this. Totally. So you think maybe that it could be that it was like, since sex is transactional, you know, ba- uh, prostituting ourselves is transactional that we looked at money as, as dirty I think that's part of it. I think it's, you know, part of what you were saying too, you know, that it's that like things have business, you know, going back, business was pretty shifty, right? It was not super ethical all the time. But I think for us as women, when it comes to selling, the reason why, because it's not just that we like hesitate to sell, we want to be like, but also selling feels like deeply, deeply personal for us. Yes. You know, like there's a lot of layers there that, that we ha- are just starting to unpack, I think, because there's like that whole element. And I always tell people too, you know, when you're undercharging, you're like creating an energetic imbalance. You're trying to justify, you're trying to get paid in money and in like, <laughs> like, you know, pay me and also like me a little bit. And then you end up disappointed. You end up resentful because like you haven't told the other person that you want that. You know, I I always tell people like, okay, if you want that, at least be clear about it. Like the lawyer in me is like, tell them that you want $500 and three compliments, you know, straightforward because otherwise you're going to end up disappointed because the other person doesn't know that you are expecting three compliments in return. And, And it happens all the time. But I think that there's something deeper too. There's like something why we hold, you know, we, we women, like they hold their offers like so close to their heart. They feel like they're like so deeply personal. I'm like, let them go, let them go. You're giving somebody advice on, on Instagram, you know, on, on their Instagram, you're whatever, right? This is not so personal. Like, Just yes. let it go. Oh my God. And in that way, we need to adopt a little of the man way of like, just, they're just able to just kind of like, literally, I always, I, I love that whole, well, I don't love the confidence gap, but I, I, that, that whole thing where you see a woman and she applies for a job or she puts an offer out and she's got to check every box. I mean, the graphics have to be perfect. There's got to be the perfect messaging. I got to have my funnels and my lead checks and I got to have my check, 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 check. And then here's a man, you know, I'm just going to put that shit out there. Yeah. I mean, and they get the same result or better sometimes. Why? Yeah. You're just freaking putting it out there. They just whip it out. Like, hello? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I, mean, I think yeah. it's really important to note. We do sometimes like as women get too, a little too precious yes. with our things that we're selling mm-hmm. or doing. And it's yeah. getting into that perfectionism. Sometimes yeah. done's better than perfect. Almost every time. <laughs> because what I, I always tell people, I'm like, when things get done, you get data. When things do not get done, all you have is projection. You're just sitting there with your own little thoughts about it, your own little beliefs about it. When you actually put it out there, you can actually see, you know, what you people actually think. Is nobody really buying this offer? And then they, people find that they're like so liberated. They're like, nobody bought it. It felt much better than I thought it would. <laughs> yes, because now you can go back and be like, okay, nobody bought it. Let me fix it. You know, it's always, you know, you, you need to activate that like problem solving part of you. And you do that through action. Absolutely. And you do it from trial and error. And it's okay mm-hmm. to have some error so that you can get yeah. the data and know how to change. Yeah. Okay, Gabby, I love you to death. Okay, so how can people work with you? I know you have some fun, different ways people can dip a toe in or get in really deep with you. So tell me all the things. Yes. Oh, so I have an RTT bundle on my website. That's an awesome place to start. So that one is a bundle for entrepreneurs and it has a visibility block session, imposter syndrome, money mindset, and fear of success in there. So it's four sessions that you get and they're DIY sessions. So if you're not super down with the whole intimacy uh, and vulnerability of a full hypnotherapy session, you can do it in the peace and quiet of your own home. And I have Dreamer to Doer, which is my year round community. So that comes with monthly coaching calls and it's an amazing, amazing course designed to get you taking action from a subconscious place. So letting go of imposter syndrome, visibility, fears, money blocks, and really, really embracing this whole done is better than perfect thing that we've been talking about, really mastering the art of imperfect action. Okay. So people can work with you live and do that, or they can do this, like little, the recordings and kind of get into, dip their toe in with you and, yes. and do that. Okay, great. Okay. Well, now we're on to the speed round, which is party time for me, Gabby. Yay. Okay. I'm so excited. Okay. Let's party. What does it mean to you to be a warrior woman? Oh, to me, it means taking part in the collective remembrance that is going on right now, going back to that rewilding of the feminine, embracing that imperfection, getting messy. Ooh, that is so juicy, Gabby. I love that. What is the mantra or quote you live by? Oh, such a good question. A motto or quote that I use a lot in my business, someone said to me once, data, not drama. And, and it changed my life and it changed my business for sure. Data, not drama, right? Like don't get so caught up in the preciousness of the things. Just look for the data. Don't make it mean all the things. Absolutely. Yes. What makes you feel unstoppable? Being part of something bigger than me. Yes. Because you've got a rocking community of fabulous people. So I do know that. We do. We do. What are you most proud of? Uh, I'm most proud, honestly, every single day of the life that I built leading what was expected and predictable and was going to make people happy and just doing my own thing, however crazy it felt and looked. Every single day I look around and I'm like, it worked out. (laughs) This all worked out. Boy, did it work out, Gabby. I mean, holy moly, you are a smashing success. So I'm very excited. Your success is so exciting to me. I love watching your success. It's fabulous. What's exciting you the most right now? Ooh, what is exciting me the most? Going to Florida. (laughs) 
Yes. Well, that's exciting. Yes. Next week is very, very exciting. What is exciting for me right now? I, I, I kind of have been restructuring my business stuff to have more ease. And so right now I have Mondays and Fridays off. And that is really, really exciting me. I mean, yes. I have Mondays and Fridays off and that is really exciting me because I am a big fan of working less and pushing the limits of my business. I love that. And it's so funny because I talked to Tracy about that. And she's like, now what's your day off? And I was like, oh, I don't know if I have one of those. <laughs> so you're right. It is so important to block that out and to work yeah. smarter, not harder. And with more- She was on me for that for so long. And I was so resistant. I was like, what do you mean a day off? Yeah. That sounds crazy. Sunday nights. Barely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're still stressed for Monday. You're like, wait, I gotta yeah. do through something. Yeah. And now I'm like, now I'm like, do I really have to work those three days a week? That feels like a lot. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. bravo. And that you can have success and be easy and flowy is fabulous. All right. Thank you so much, Gabby, for coming on today. Thank you. Oh, so much fun. This so has awesome. been so juicy and fantastic. And I love this conversation and I would love to have you back. Like I love all your concepts and we, we can go all sorts of places. So I'd love to have you back. We'll, we'll do it again. We'll get into some other juicy topic, but oh, thank you, know, you so much. You know how excited I am that you asked me in the first place. I told you since we met, I was manifesting this moment. Yes. Well, you made it happen. It's here. I made it. It was all me. All me. It was. And you're coming back. So I love you. Okay. Thank you everyone for joining me today. And remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star written review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story. You just have to ask her. Bye. Bye.